Today's episode is sponsored by Sunday and Soul, a lifestyle clothing brand created by friend of the show, Emmy. Emmy started her small business during lockdown and has created an awesome range of comfy, casual wear inspired by sunny places and happy faces. Sunday and Soul believe that colourful clothes lift our mood, give us energy and make other people smile and I couldn't agree more. If you're looking to start getting a bit more colour into your life and wardrobe, you can go and join Emily's Colourful Soul crew and get 20% off all orders over £30 using the code PLAY20. Welcome back to People Who Play. This is episode seven. We are delighted to be visiting your lug holes today. That's what we used to call ear holes when I grew up. I'm here as always, Emma, and I'm here with producer husband. Hello, Ben. Hi, everyone. Whoa, that was energetic. Yeah, I've got energy. Ems, I've been podding a long time, and I'm telling you, people like energy. Oh my god, you're pumped up. Yeah, I had a lot of coffee. I've had about four coffees. Blimey. That might have something to do with it. Well, this episode is all about humour, so let's be funny. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Um, Now, I've got a new feature, Ben, for this little intro section, and this is one of the few times that I actually get to sit down and talk to you with no distractions. Oh, crikey. We're not going to talk about, like, life future plans, are we? No, but I do have a few domestic dilemmas that I'd like to go through. Now, the first one is about ants. Now, why am I the only person that cares that at night there's basically a full-scale ant rave happening in the hallway? Yeah, it's it's Pixar A Bug's Life. Why does no... Why don't you care about it? No, look... I care about ants. You don't? (laughs) We have white wooden floors, so I feel like maybe everyone has ants. No, they don't. They just don't don't see them. No, I'm I'm at war with these ants. They don't gross me out. But no no one else cares. You and the kids, you're treating them like pets. There's a few ants. There's there's an ecosystem. They're tunnelling in from the outside. They're telling their friends, their family. They're so clever. They've got the word out. They're like, these guys, they're not doing anything about us. Come on in. They're very um, clever society, aren't they, ants? They all just work for the queen. Yeah, they're like high functioning. Well, you've got to find and kill the queen. Well, this is the problem because Her Royal Highness. <laughs> I I don't know I don't know where their sort of HQ is. Where they're getting in. I'm, and I'm getting quite weird about it. Like I sit there. It's and very triggering for you. I, w- I wait for them to come out, and I watch them. But then if I kill them, I just can't help thinking about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, where they, you know, that ant and they sort of. You shouldn't kill them. On. You shouldn't kill them. You should encourage them to leave. How? I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if in the 80s, your mum would just boil the kettle and just go to town. Yeah, I can't do it. An absolute massacre of just boiling ants. Yeah. Scout loves them, though. It's you've better, got to get, better than any toy. You're right. You've got to get macro and get onto their level. Imagine just, like, a tsunami of boiling hot water. Oh, like, it would be terrible. That is how we killed ants in the 90s. Oof, yes, and we did a, a very thorough job. <laughs> okay. Hence why no one had ants in their house. Well, this dilemma has not been resolved. It's funny, I couldn't be, I just could not care less. I know you can't. Yeah. No, it's not many, it's like a couple of ants. Oh my. Chill out. Okay. 
Well, this <laughs> this dilemma has not been resolved, so I'll go on to the next one. Now, I like to think that you and I are quite ungender stereotyped in our roles in the house and right. just generally how we behave in life. Um, but when it comes to cleaning products, we are smack bang in the 50s with our <laughs> viewpoints. And I am trying to I'm trying to do a lot of eco swaps. I'm trying to, you know, improve our footprint and all that sort of stuff. So I want to go for the cleaning products that are like you know they've got nice packaging let's yeah, just call that they're out they're all instagram based they're like you know they're they're soap doing in, soap in cans they're doing good things they're I'm almost drunk it. I thought it was a, <laughs> I, honestly i thought it was a beer i thought it was an ipa <laughs> just drinking trendy soap and you know with the cleaning products i want no chemicals zero chemicals that are harmful but with you you're just like give me a ton of bleach yeah i think I associate the smell of bleach with ultimately clean. Yeah, so like I just male. go, I just, it's not, you don't have to bring males into it. It is, I feel like you Is it patriarch? Is it, <laughs> is it Roger Moore James Bond? Well, is it? Well we've, well, we've just discovered that you actually didn't know what the word patriarchy meant and you've been using it wrong yeah, your I've whole been, life. You, yeah, I've been, you thought patriarch I thought was, it was someone... Ma- matron. So, yeah. <laughs> basically a nurse yeah like you know the ball buster nurses that when you deliver when you're giving birth mm. they just they, they watch you try and change the first nappy and they're just like mr martin come here give me that baby and they just do it like victorian times what are they called did you have a baby when we had a baby in 2010 <laughs> yeah and i was doing it all wrong and they they stole that baby from me <laughs> What do they? you call the nurse? That's my, I think that is... They're always old. Is that not a matriarch? Yes, that's what I... Th- that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Patriarch is... Patriarchy... They're the ultimate in bull busters. Right. Patriarch's different. Patriarchy is... <laughs> is men continuing to, you know, rule the world. Oh, and generally... sort of men. They're such douchebags. Well, we know why. It's because they're all high on bleach. <laughs> Oh god! Yeah, look, I won't lie. I I, I clean the kitchen a lot in this house, well, so you I, every day. I like to uh, flash with bleach, and you just spray everywhere, and it smells clean. You're saying it smells gross to you, it though. Sm- it smells like a school like, canteen. <laughs> like like I'm getting like I'm gonna get a terminal illness when I'm older because I've breathed it in. Really? Yeah. Right. I, now, so you've been using that method stuff, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just pointing out this podcast is not <laughs> sponsored by, by Flash or Method. No. Um, but if it was, yeah, you method. use Method. It's just like it's like cat's piss. It just doesn't feel like it smells of anything it that's clean. It smells so good. I it's just basically like, honestly, wear it as a perfume. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I tell you, we are pumped today. It just, I feel like I'm spraying the kitchen counter with water. <laughs> I just feel like it's water, Emma. It's not. But, but it's coloured water. Oh, lovely colours. Lovely range of pastels. <laughs> yeah, it's all like looks good on, on, on the shelf and looks really good on your grid. It does clean. I'm not putting it on my grid. <laughs> grid post. <laughs> no, it cleans. And well, I don't, you know, I'm not privy to any particular brand. I just want to cut down on packaging and chemicals. Can just, you get on board with that? Because I've just ordered as a whole new set. Look, of I'm moving fast. Keep up, softener. But I'm um, just back to the grid. Uh, I find it so funny that posting something on your grid is like 
so formal now. Oh, it's, so, like, yeah. it's like ink and quill. Yeah. It's totally. <laughs> it's like, my, oh, oh, I wouldn't post it on my grid. Are you crazy? And it's like, just have fun with your grid. Put anything you want on it. People yeah. are terrified to post anything on their grid. Yeah, it's like writing a letter and sealing it with wax. Whereas stories is like just back, yeah. backstreet alley, just like... Yeah, you that's know. so true. Like on your grid, you're like, hello, here I am. I'm ready yeah. for the day. I'm all I'm all makeuped up and all polished and neat. And on your stories, you're like, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what re- reels are, but anyway. No, I'm still Yeah, so I don't know. Where are we going to end? What are we going to do? Mix the two together? No, we're, Me- going, we're going the Method UK route. Method and Flash. So- Mash! <laughs> <laughs> So we're, we're going to try... Look, I've bought a whole new way. I'm just warning you. I'm doing it live on the show. I don't mind that. I've bought that, new um... fabric softener and liquid tabs, eco ones. So we're trying those out. Okay. What's the stuff you put in the dishy? That's also an eco tab. And you kicked and screamed. Yeah, you dragged me <laughs> in on them. Honestly, it was like I was asking you to like move house or something. It, they're just like bricks. Do they get anything... <laughs> Do they actually get anything clean? Well, we've been using them for the last almost year, so yeah. They do an okay job. I'll give you those. I'll give you those. Not, not, a, not a grain of bleach in them. Why don't all these other brands just go eco then? If that's the whole rage. Well, it's like turning an oil tanker, isn't it? Is it? What, slow? Yeah. Okay, what, bad turning circle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they probably are. But oh, yeah. So the thing the, is, with the grassroots brand... They've what's got it, they've got the it. oil tanker metaphor? Do you mean that if you want to turn around in an oil tanker, it's going to take half a day? I mean, I've never driven one, but that's just an expression that I use a lot. Yeah, for... if you leave the dock in your oil tanker and you're like, oh, I, f- I forgot my AirPods. Exactly. Oh, my God. What a faff. Yeah, it's like releasing... Captain, Captain, I've got to go back. Okay, it's going to take us 16 hours to turn the ship around. Yeah, that's the metaphor. Okay, any other domestic dilemmas? Those are my domestic dilemmas. Well, apart from I still haven't found my AirPods. What, like the guy... (laughs) Like the guy... What? Are you actually the guy on the oil? (laughs) Well, it feels like it because I've been looking for them for two days. Yeah, you've been wandering around, and you—you—it's like you're escalating the threat level to now. It's a scout incident. You're like, yeah, I do fear that we are now dealing with a scout incident. So it that means that incident. he's taken yeah. said AirPods mm. and put them in one of his—I yeah. don't know, like shrines. Yeah. He has these pockets in the house. Yeah, where he just. But I've checked them all and it's not there. The other day, yeah, you I, may have a new I spent one. my entire evening just walking around the house looking for them. Oh, I'm going to get you some of those little Apple Pod things that you stick onto stuff. Yeah. And you can track things. Okay. Can you put one on the baby? Yeah, ethically, I don't know where... We're all going to be wandering around or in a spy film. I, think we I mean, I don't really want to track anyone. I think we already are. Okay. Everyone's, Fair enough. Everyone's watching. Now, I've been following your campaign to bring back Nub Nub Yub. Yub Nub! Yub Nub! Bring back <laughs> Yub Nub! Yub Nub! Yub Nub! Yub Nub! Yeah, a little bit of context. Yub Nub is the original song uh, written by John Williams for 1983's The Return of the Jedi. So it was very uplifting. It was, we've defeated the Empire. Let's go back to the Ewok village and have a good old-fashioned hoedown. 
and then you roll to credits and that's the end of the film and then in 1997 they released the special editions and you sit you sat there in, in the cinema you're watching it and then it gets to the end and it's like some weighty emotional orchestral score kicks in and it's like that's not yub nub <laughs> why have you changed the ending why would they do that George Lucas said he wanted to give it more weight and gravitas. Wow, Yubnub's got a lot of weight and gravitas. <laughs> it has with it's me. All it's got. It has with me. Well, oh, it's become the new soundtrack to our house. Yes, we're just dancing to Yubnub. That's Yubnub. Now, you got a bit of momentum behind the campaign. I saw you had three comments of support. I've actually got, I've got to get through quite a lot of stuff. I want to tell your listeners about the Outer Timers audio experience of The Return of the Jedi that I've just released. They're not my listeners, they're our listeners, Ben. Oh, you are? Yeah. Right, I've been using that word right. <laughs> What's the other word that you got wrong? A-R-E. You didn't know what um, average was. What? Or was it <laughs> West? No, approximately. <laughs> approximately, that was it. Yeah, I thought approximately meant... Was exact. Was exact. Yeah, 40 years I've been getting that wrong. Imagine that all the kind of things where you really need to get that right that was so funny because we know no wonder everything's wonky in my life (laughs) (laughs) everything everything is always on the wonk yup (laughs) nope we were trying to order a grill and i was like oh this is so frustrating because they've only got approximate measurements and you were like brilliant that's exactly what we need Um, I've got my whole life getting so much stuff wrong. <laughs> I tell you what, I don't mind getting stuff wrong. Good, it's a good attitude. Mr. T, like. Mr. T. <laughs> good Lord. Mr. T once said, people who don't make mistakes don't make anything. And my God, he was right. <laughs> Why are all your life role models? <laughs> Mr. T, Roger Moore. <laughs> now, what do you know what the bloody patriarchy is? This is Mr. T talking. It's capital T that rhymes with me. You know, sometimes we get so wrapped up in how a problem bothers us, we don't see what the problem really is. So when you get your feelings hurt by somebody you love, think a minute before you cry and moan about your own feelings. Because the person you love might be the one who's really hurting. Take it from me, Mr. T. Oh, good God. Look, I want to tell the listeners to... Go to the Outer Timers and download um, the Return of the Jedi audio experience. It's me and my friend Chief, and we basically we we watch Return of the Jedi, but you can hear the film as well. It's an audio experience, um, so you don't need to be watching the film. You can do if you want. It's a watch along, but it's um it's a lot of fun. And in fact, if you like that, go back and do The Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars: A New Hope. Do the whole lot. Yeah, do the whole lot. Tell your friends that love Star Wars. Yes. I'm excited that you're bringing back your podcast, The Outer Timers. Well, yeah. I mean, we say we are. We haven't actually done it yet. Because, you know, Jeff that we had on the show, friend of the chef, friend of the chef, (laughs) friend of the show, Jeff Harry. Remember Jeff? He's got this like little activity that he does when he works with people on um, getting them to like get more play into their life and positive psychology. And he says you should ask people that know you quite well when 
when have you seen me at my most alive? And ask people and see what they say. And for you, I think it's when you were recording the Outer Timers. I was alive. You were so like creatively stimulated. Very stimulated. And you had so much fun like planning each show and editing it. I know it was quite a lot of work, but so I think that was playtime for you. Yeah, it's the work involved in a podcast and especially... Um, I'm quite a perfectionist, so the Outer Timers was, again, a bit of an audio experience. There was so much editing involved, there was so much music, so many segments. Yeah, but it was so... Cola chaos. High production. Yeah. Maybe you don't have to make it, it was too high, yeah. It's the greatest (laughs) podcast that no one listened to. (laughs) Oh, people did. Yeah, well, these people can. Yeah, you had big fans of that show. (laughs) Oh, patriarchy were there. (laughs) Oh, don't... Right, Ems, we've been doing this for 18 minutes. I think we should get on to the interview. Let's do it. We have Christopher Hall. Oh my God, I'm so excited for this. Yeah, I did tell him that I basically invited him on so that we could become his friend. So we're friends now. So he is a comedian, an online comedian. He's also a fitness instructor, dancer, person of many things but we're talking mostly about he has he's popping he's popping on tiktok and he's popping on the gram ben wow (laughs) just be yourself (laughs) that is myself okay um um so we're talking about unleashing your humor and his experience of doing comedy on social media yeah there's something about like humor is an amazing thing and when something resonates with you like the humor that he's doing it's harmony for me. It's exactly what I find funny. I'm in the living room, Mum. I'm just burning some Palo Santo. I'm just burning some Palo Santo wood, Mum, just to cleanse the room of negative, em- uh, negative emotions and energy from the weekend. We both said some things that we didn't mean, you know, two adults living under one roof for a long time. What's funny? I am an adult. What's funny about that? Do you know what? Just let me finish my ritual and then we can go, OK? Then I'll go upstairs. Can you not let the dog in? It'll be high as a kite. His skits are just so incredible and they're, I don't know, they, they got me through lockdown. Yeah, that's when we discovered him. Well, let's hear him talk about it. Okay, let's do it. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you and in... Full disclaimer, I might have potentially invited you on so that I can try and be your friend in real life. <laughs> that is fine, that is fine. We are... Books are open for friends, so that's fine. <laughs> Brilliant, because you're you're actually sort of like quite a thing in our house. Um, so I know that you've got a new podcast out, which um, we can talk about, which is called Unguilty pleasure. pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what you are to me. Oh, <laughs> that's so nice. You're my unguilty pleasure. So we uh, discovered you. My husband actually discovered your what? What does what's it called when one does humorous things on Instagram and TikTok? Does it have a name? I don't know. Um, I call them I call them comedic pieces. But <laughs> there we go. Um, we discovered comedic, your comedic, comedic pieces. pieces. <laughs> In the depths of the winter lockdown, and my husband kept sending them to me because I know you were doing kind of like being a millennial living at home in lockdown um, with your with your parents, but it also could have quite easily have been 
like millennial wife at home in lockdown because I was like hitting all of the cliches that you were doing like when you were doing the sort of getting into the crystals and the moon that was like basically the conversations between you and your mum in your comedic pieces was also me and my husband (laughs) oh amazing just looking for just looking for a hand to hold from the moon from the stars from the crystals an answer That's from anything. It. Help us make sense. Um, but yeah, we we um, we loved it. So I'd I'd love to Thank like you. chat to you about how like how did that start? Like how did you decide to take the leap into doing your your sort of social comedy? It basically well, it's something that I've always thought I could do and something that I've wanted to do for years it's just the age-old thing of what will people think and you know or not I'll never get around to it or uh, you know instead of doing that I'd better you know do some work (laughs) do something sensible or whatever and then December time I was like oh let me just start a couple and I did a few before Christmas that um weren't uh weren't anything to shout about um (laughs) but then in January um I'd kind of had it was like the perfect mix of pandemic trauma, breakup trauma, and no job trauma, and just everything. Um, And I kind of just had this flash, without being too, um, you know, mystical, kind of had this just this really overriding feeling of just like, if you don't sort of, I I just thought like, if you don't do this now, if you don't upload this first um, video now, you're never going to do it. Sort of, there's no, there's no other choice but to do it. The first video was a duet with this American woman who was like, tell me you're a millennial without telling me you're a millennial. Um, And I just thought Mm. of something from last year. I'd actually put a story up on my Instagram last year saying, being 29 in 2020, then asking your mum for your date of birth for an astrology app. And like, I'd I'd literally (laughs) ask my mum about, like, every like six months, I go, when was I born mum again? Exactly, it has to be exact. And she's like, why? And I'm like, oh, because I'm just downloading another astrology app and I need like my exact (laughs) reading. You need the um, time. You have to have yeah. the time. Time and place and everything. I just thought that was funny. And then I, then like I saw the, the, the video that I would duet with. And yeah, as I said, it was like January 4th or 5th. I was, lo- I was at that time, I was, I was alone just for um, a, a small period. Um, so I was like alone in, in a flat. And I was like, there's really nothing left to do but upload a TikTok and just like see what happens. Uh, as they say the rest is history (laughs) (laughs) they do and that's that's quite interesting to me because um as you may know my background is in play and I'm always really interested in the moments where people turn to play and what it kind of does to them I'm guessing when you uploaded that first video uh, you weren't necessarily thinking this is it. This is going to be my social media career. Was it more sort of just you know something for 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 fun um, in in that kind of moment that you describe where lots of things felt like they were kind of going wrong and coming unstuck? Yes, it was absolutely that. It was absolutely. I remember saying to myself, you know, like if no one if nothing comes from this or if no one sees it or no one finds it funny, at least you find it funny, you've uploaded it and like you've done it for yourself. Like now, as the months have gone on, it's this, I've, I've totally tapped into this creative, I don't know, reservoir of like ideas that I always did have. Like, you know, I'd always make jokes around my friends and I'd always kind of, you know, be 
on, you know, in inverted commas, you know, at a, at a party and, you know, mm. getting gags in and kind of like that. But what's so amazing is that but I, I'd never really tapped into that creatively and kind of, you know, and made made real use of it, I guess. Um, so what's been so nice is that it's just opened up this kind of door to all this, you know, kind of funny foolery that um, I sort of did, you know, had in me and, and was there, but just never thought, I just never thought I'd do anything with it. I never thought I would kind of going into comedy or, you know, writing comedy or anything like that always felt like the wildest of wild, wild dreams that, you know, in, in a, I always used to say like in a, in a parallel universe, maybe I pursued comedy, but, you know, I didn't. And what's just so unbelievable and, and so amazing is that, you know, the, those wild, wild, wild dreams don't uh, seem as far away now just because um, mm. because of everything that's happened, which is so, so nice. But you're so right. Something I am really trying to keep a hold of is that I have sort of almost done this for me and I've done this for the fun of it and the love of it and the play aspect of it you know I just find you know some some of the videos I've, I've done I mean I find them all funny but I find some of them you know really like you know make making myself laugh with some of them which is just such a nice feeling to have and a nice outlet for creativity as opposed to it having like a lot a lot of pressure I'm going on a run yes I do run yes I do I've, well I haven't been able to so far but I've, now I've got my new Lululemon kit well actually you shouldn't run without the proper kit and now I've got it so now I can. Well, actually, I'm not going to be 10 minutes. I'm going to be a, do a 10K. A 10K. So, however long that takes. Ah? Huh? What do you mean it's... It can't be raining. It was sunny a minute ago. We'll put below deck on then. It's so interesting what you say about the idea of going into comedy as a wild dream. Because um, I know, I think you also have some uh, like a performing arts sort of dance background yes. as well is that right yeah that's right yeah it's just it's it, it, like for me as someone who does neither of those things it's quite <laughs> fascinating to me that you would sort of see kind of doing like more kind of like dance and that kind of thing as perhaps a more viable route and comedy as not I just think it's really fascinating how as people, the things that we love and sometimes the things that are so authentically real about ourselves are often the things that we almost like don't give ourselves permission to pursue, if that makes sense. Totally, totally. I mean, I thought I, I mean, kind of dance is, oh, this is going to sound um, a bit grand, but I guess that in, on reflection, dancing was some, is something I absolutely love. Um, and it's, I guess it's quite an obvious skill you know, it's kind of like a, a discipline that you like, I went, you know, went to classes for and then, yep. and so it's kind of like, you know, something that I loved that I pursued. And I guess I didn't really realise that making people laugh was that much of a skill. I just always, I, I just always have done it. And I guess always just thought it was kind of part of who I am as opposed to something I did. But obviously, of course, it is something you do and it is a skill. And, um, and I guess I just at 16 or 15 just decided to, you know, go into musical theatre you know, when you make that decision, you kind of make it and you almost have to be quite concrete on it and have like a sort of tunnel vision. And yeah, just kind of make people laugh in my spare, in my spare time or, you know, just like, you know, in social situations. And then, yeah, you, you kind of don't realise, I guess, where, you know, the magic is until you do. Mm. 
me not me saying that I'm magic <laughs> <laughs> you very much are Chris <laughs> yeah I'm really I'm, I'm, re- I'm really down to earth <laughs> <laughs> when something has like that fixed route it's like oh yeah you go to dance school like you learn this discipline and then you get to that it's like there's a map that we understand it it's almost makes it more real whereas when sort of like dreams and these sort of skills that we're not really sure if they're real skills or not aren't quite as defined it's a bit more like well I can't really just go and be funny that's not yeah. a thing like it's just it's really it's just funny how we how we think and it can take us a while to to get to those things I always ask people on this pod which you, what do you call you call it a poddy C yeah <laughs> Love I'm just going to adopt that. On this yeah. poddy C, <laughs> um, I always like to ask people what they played or how they played as a child and see mm. if it kind of tracks into what they've done and, and who they've become as an adult. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, what, what was your sort of play personality like as a kid? What, what, did, you, what did you get up to? I always remember and I actually... Uh, what's been nice about the last few months is that I've kind of reignited my imagination. I always had a really, really vivid imagination. You make up worlds and make up other characters around me and other I don't know, missions and, you know, we'd all be animals today and then we'd all be something else today. So I remember being quite young and having like a very vivid anima- um, imagination in that, in that sense. Uh, my older sister um, played Barbies for quite a long, quite a long time. Um, and I just used to brush their hair um, for her. That I found that I, I quite like doing that. I never like joined in playing as much, but mm-hmm. um, just loved brushing their hair. And to be honest, what I did always do was often like put on little shows or put on little sketches or like you know one time me and a friend you know borrowed a one of those ma- massive handheld like camcorders that used to have all your Christmas mm-hmm. um, home videos on. And we made like a, a fake news program kind of thing. So it was always very creative. It was always very um, imaginative. There was always characters and things like that and vo- different voices and stuff. I used to love doing impressions of you know, people. Me and, um, do you remember Alistair McGowan's big impression? Yeah. So uh, me and a friend in year six would have, watch it on Friday, memorise it all and then just repeat them all in the school in this playground on like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We just like regurgitate all the impressions of people. I, I dipped into like, you know, um, video games and um, things like that, but nothing, it was always, yeah, creative or performative or, you know, characters and imagination and things like that. Yeah, sounds like you were a storyteller. Yes, yeah. Yeah, a big storyteller personality. And you mentioned that you, I think you said that you've been uh, kind of reacquainted with your imagination recently. Is there yeah. a period where that was kind of somehow removed from your play or your life? Is there a sort of life stage that you went through where you found you were delving less into your imagination? It tends to happen to everyone, but I'm always really fascinated about what's going on in life as to why people stop playing in certain ways. Mm. Definitely in my late, 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 yeah, late 20s, so maybe the, the last four years or so, just kind of getting to a point of feeling a little bit stale in London. Um, I guess the kind of 
pink colored you know rose colored glasses and yeah they, they sort of come off you know after a few, after a few years in london um pursuing musical theater which i've been very lucky to have some amazing opportunities but there's also been patches of you know unemployment and uh it just kind of you know dulls your kind of um light a little bit you know you kind of you, you stop sort of you know it's very easy to stop seeing the the good in situations and start seeing the oh okay well you know didn't get that or didn't have this and yeah you sort of I definitely I found I had less and less time to kind of you know imagine what if and you know yeah start and and uh let yeah my imagination kind of run wild you kind I kind of definitely felt you know that I hadn't really tapped into that for a while you know what I mean I love tv <laughs> and and you know my phone and everything like that but it's <laughs> It kind of, you know, stops you, you know, yeah. thinking of stuff for your, for your, for yourself, and you know, coming up with stories yourself, and you know, all you're doing is scrolling Instagram, which no shade because mm. I'm, I'm, I'm a culprit of that too. Um, but yes, yeah, so I just feel uh, I've said this a few times. Obviously, the pandemic was horrible, and all that horrible stuff that did happen. But I feel it did open up time for people to kind of re, you know, reset and refind things that are important to them, and um, and it was, you know beneficial in that sense what what always stopped what got in my way over the last few years is if I sort of came up with an idea for theatre show that I was like oh what if I you know wrote that or a, a choreography piece or something it always sort of takes quite a long time to put together you know it takes a long time to assemble people and then rehearse and uh, you know then it takes money to fund it and all this kind of stuff and all that rigmarole kind of got in the way and then just sort of stopped the sort of creative flow and then I'd go like oh don't worry I'll just go to my job and and just figure and just do something else whereas what's so satisfying Mm. just specifically with you know like TikTok is that I can have an idea and it can be created it can be you know conceived created and released into the world sometimes in a matter of minutes so it kind of almost as a as it, it just keeps the kind of river flowing as opposed to finding loads of barriers. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I found, because you were talking about imagination and sometimes scrolling and, and lots of sort of screen time can be a sort of barrier to that. But if you use it in the right way, it can also release it. And I'm interested, because I had this experience when I was like, I am really into Instagram there's something about it that I like but I don't like my current relationship with it and for me I had to actually move into creating because it wasn't working for me just consuming and as soon as I started actually creating my whole relationship with the platform totally changed and I felt like it it opened up more creativity rather than before I felt like I was just kind of closing myself down um is that a sort of did you have that similar experience when you started doing more creating? Definitely. Um, I think it's a, obviously it's such an amazing tool and, and, and can do so much good. But the, the sort of, the, I've gotten myself into sort of days long kind of black holes with it. And you end up, you know, kind of checking the same people's lives. So you're just like, oh, I'll check on these like five people today who I've like checked on for the last five days or, you know, who, who's content doesn't actually serve you because it's 
you know something that you want or they've got a better body or whatever and yeah and then a lot of the time I, I'd like there's a, there's a few things I've gone back and like looked at what I've posted and I've been like why on earth did you post that and I've like tried to like re- remind myself you know what was I feeling in that moment when I put that post up it was for other people or it was for you know just to get mm. you know just to get oh I, I better put a topless photo up just because but it was just because I better had to and it's just like so it can be a very it's like so weird like why do we do that mm. when well definitely when I've not been 100% full it can quite quickly become quite a negative presence yeah and it's why I think the relationship between play and social media is is quite important because the definition of play is doing something that is intrinsically motivated just for pleasure and I think Mm. when you apply that to to social media and what you put out it can be quite a game changer and if you think more in that sort of playful mindset versus I'm expected to show my torso it's like no (laughs) not really like if you're doing it for intrinsic motivations and purely for fun and for pleasure I think what you put out um, and how you feel about it can be quite different Mm, I am I love that uh definition yeah it's totally right everything I sort of am putting out now you know I I find funny and I like you know it makes me smile and I think I finally sort of did something that I knew I could do or knew I had the potential to do um but I was always quite concerned that I wouldn't ever do it mom just before you go downstairs could you make sure nobody disturbs me for the next hour because I'm having a past life regression session in here a past life regression. Someone's going to guide me back to my previous lives. I'm going to find out what I, who I was, what I did, get some answers to help with this one. Hmm? Well, I don't know if you'll be there. I don't know if you were my mum in a past life. Well, if I meet my mum in that life, I'll tell her that you're my mum in this life, shall I? Was it? Why are you laughing? Oh, you're taking the piss out of me. Oh, right. I'm really fascinated by, like, online humour and how we share lols sort of Mm -hmm. culturally and what the internet has done to our ability to share a joke with one another it really is quite amazing like when we think about memes we think about uh, tiktoks we think about all these things that sort of go viral these shortcuts to almost like sharing these just like points of connection that, that that unite us and you capture that i think in your content uh, for a particular life stage a particular moment i think there's some of the 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 pieces that you do have uh, a sort of britishness to them which i think people relate to like the ones that you do about the weather yeah <laughs> are always just like so bang on um and i'm i'm curious what you think about the rise of tiktok because it seems to me that tiktok is more of a playful social media it's 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 interesting to me that that's the one that has the most sort of growth and momentum behind it and what seems to be doing quite well on there is humor um, and sharing these little points of connection I was wondering if you could share your thoughts on yeah the sort of the the popularity and the explosion of TikTok and what's different about that particular channel compared to um instagram and and twitter yeah tiktok is so different and there's such a different energy you know around it i mean i i think it's interesting being like 30 years old on it uh, and just seeing so many like really clever hilarious talented like 
16, 17-year-olds, and you're like, oh, wow, you are so good. There's just like a, a lack of polish that's needed on TikTok, which is so refreshing. Mm. I think we've had since Facebook, I think Facebook used to be a bit unpolished and Instagram, you know, mm. used to put up random photos and be like, great. And then Facebook got so, you know, these are the, you know, these are the highlights. This is all my great news. And then Instagram again went that way. And then even more so with like, you know, with um, influencers and stuff, which is again, you know, no shade, make you know, make your money and we all love following nice people's you know feed but it does become very curated and very you know very glossy and you know you look at people's instagrams and it's all uh you know color coded and you know it's all curated you know people say like oh you've got to get a good you know you've got to get a good aesthetic for your instagram and everything mm. um which is just how that's gone and that's fine whereas that's not me at all like i'm mm. i'm like so like scrappy and just like oh put it up it's fine and you know uh, you know, I haven't done my hair, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's not like sort of taking the time to really curate a visual Instagram feed was was never going to be my journey. That's just not, not something I have the mm. um, the space in my brain for. So just the kind of scrap, almost like scrapbook element of TikTok. You know, like you go through people's mm. um, you go through people's pages and the one people that have millions of followers and and millions of likes, and even they will have like a viral video two or three that got like, you know, did much, you know, much less successful than I have another viral one. There's kind of like a, you know, a kind of like, just, you know, just upload what you've done. You know, this one might not get loads of likes, but just upload it, um, which is so nice. It's, it's, it's this kind of freedom and, and less pressure to make everything, you know, every single one, 20 million likes. And you see people put their drafts, you know, that, oh, this video was a draft and, you know, this is only five seconds and this one's, a minute and there's kind of like this lack of perfection on there which is just so um freeing and so attainable for more people mm. and you know people can have such niche ideas and yeah as I said it's just this kind of yeah almost doodle pad of everyone's creativity which is so nice and people can spend as much time as they want or as little time as they want it's just um, it's just it's just freer it's just it's just yeah more, more opportunity for more people I think yeah, I love that description of the doodle pad. I think that's really nice. And it's it's interesting what you say about all the talented teens because I would hypothesize that if TikTok was around, you know, when you were doing your impression shows and things yeah. like that, it probably would have been a tool that was quite appealing to you. I always say that to my husband. He, you know, he's a he's an editor and he used to make like these insane films when they were all teenagers with like mm -hmm. sound effects and that like full acting and I was like you, it's, it's like a lot of a lot maybe a generation that was sort of YouTubers or TikTokers before <laughs> those yeah, platforms yeah. even existed so it's unsurprising isn't it that we see a lot of these young people sort of accessing these tools to harness their ideas and creativity yeah and even on the kind of you know, you get the sort of creators and then you get the people who just, you know, do the trends or, and, you know, they'll, they'll do the little dances and they'll do the like, you know, the lip syncs or whatever. Even something like that is, is more inclusive. Like, you know, no matter if you're good at dancing or not, you can do a TikTok dance and film it and put it up. And you, if, it, if it's a trending song, you'll probably get, you know, some good traction on it. So it's kind of, there's a space for the creators and then a space for the almost 
observers but you they can also people can also join in as well which is you could yeah you know, i guess yeah just more inclusive than kind of maybe instagram where you know your, your, your posts can kind of get lost in the ether i guess yeah that's so interesting because what i was saying earlier about the relationship between if you're just consuming or are you going to create and join in i think is quite different and you're right actually tiktok is a bit more like it's the playground come and have a look at what we're all doing, but also you can try out this game, i.e. the viral dance or the challenge and kind of do your own version and it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just fun and funny. Yeah. That's that's quite interesting that that sort of, the dynamic is less about, you don't just have to be a kind of passive observer or consumer here. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone can have a go and join in. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely quite key to its its appeal. Yeah. What I love about what you were saying about, you know, the idea of starting a theatre show and there's lots of boundaries and there's like cost of entry and all that sort of stuff versus creating a comedic piece that you can just put out and it's up and it's sort of done um, really quickly. I think that is so true and is making humour or the ability to share humour a lot more democratic almost or or Mm -hmm. accessible because I think if I think before uh, TikTok, before social media, the idea of like, okay, if you wanted to go into comedy, like you were talking about, it seemed like a wild dream. It's like, what am I going to be, a stand-up comedian or write for like comedy shows or whatever and both those things are obviously you know things that you can pursue and do exist but they do seem kind of like very specific and I always talk about this I'm like people that are funny can do other things rather than (laughs) just become a stand-up comedian like that right seems incredibly challenging and like almost quite quite niche I think it must be one of the hardest jobs in the world but I'm always Mm. like you know we need we need lols we need funny people and I think that's that's what I love about um how humor has exploded online it's allowed people that are quite skillfully funny and able to share that um give them access to to put that out there without having to go on like the journey of, you know, being on a stage or doing stand up or doing the kind of comedy circuit. That's obviously amazing and awesome that people do that. But I can see how that would be really unappealing for quite a lot of people. Yeah, and a lot of people who are funny or creatively funny or, you know, can do sketch, can think of sketches or think of characters or impressions wouldn't ever want to do it on stage or wouldn't ever want to do it you know there might be a bit more of an introvert you know that that's not something they would want to yeah. do however being able to do it you know in their living room and um and, and and put it out there for anyone who wants to see it is such an amazing it's amazing for it just opens up such a, a, a wider opportunity for for people and again like as you said not everyone funny is going to want to pursue a career in it however they might yeah want to still put put stuff online and be like oh you know I'm a, I do this but also I do silly videos on the internet just to sort of satisfy that you know that part of me what do you think is the role of humor in sort of understanding yourself because I feel quite strongly that tapping into what you find funny and your own comedic I guess sort of identity maybe 
can actually be really transformative in terms mm. of like understanding who you are and expressing your identity. Do you have any thoughts on that? The sort of role of like owning and understanding or connecting with your own comedic identity and, and, and what kind of impact that can have on just like your well-being and sense of self? Wow, what a question. Um, I mean, just the act, act of laughter and laughing is so good for the soul. It's so important to do. It's, you know, some of the best medicine for maybe not a really bad <laughs> disease. Laughing might not help, but for like a lot of, <laughs> lots of problems. Um, you know, it can, be, it can just be so, um, you know, freeing and healing. I mean, for me, when I'm sort of at my funniest, I'm almost at my funniest, or at least having, or, or laughing my hardest at, <laughs> at, at a situation. I'm almost my most relaxed, and I'm my, I'm my, my most kind of evolved self, if you, if you will. Like, I, you know, maybe I'm around the people I feel the most confident and comfortable around. Maybe, mm. you know, I've had a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really in my rhythm, in my power kind of thing. And being funny is kind of, it's like a combination of almost, yeah, confidence and almost kind of being empathetic, kind of tapping into what are these, what, what's mm. this person or what are the other people around me? What are they, what, how am I going to bring them joy? What, 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 how am I going to make them laugh? How am I going to, you know, hit that funny bone inside them? Yeah. And then, and then just having the confidence to kind of, or, you know, be, being comfortable enough to kind of put it out there. So I, I guess so I feel that it's almost it almost is like a combination of of you being almost in your in your element and in your power to then create laughter in, in the situation you're in um yeah definitely and I and I think humor is is such an incredible tool I think to have in your armory of just self-care and looking after yourself I have three children and Mm. if I didn't have humor and didn't have the ability to find the funny in everything I would have gone mad (laughs) because it's like all these sort of like stresses and (laughs) all these stresses and pressures and you know you're sort of comparing and all this I think more than ever in this like contemporary world that we live in we need the skill of being able to spot the funny things. The world is uh, stressful and uh, bad enough without being able to find the funny and everything. Yeah, and we can do that obviously sort of vicariously by watching shows and, you know, things that have been written specifically, you know, for to make people laugh. But I think the more that you engage with content like yours and people that like really sort of almost like trigger something in you that um that connects with with what you find funny I think it it has a ricochet effect and you're sort of able to do that the ability to laugh at oneself I think is is a really important skill it's actually something that I would if I was in charge of the curriculum, which yeah. is incredibly outdated, I would genuinely have like comedy and improv in there for kids because wow, I, yeah. I think it really is that valuable to be able to laugh at yourself, to be able to, as you say, humour is a way to empathy. I think that's so true. And if you're in a sort of improv 
scenario you can't really be like mean to other people because you all have to sort of like help each other and if if you're all sort of sharing that almost like that that kind of pressure to bring the laugh bring the joy you sort of support each other in that which I think is what happens when you get people like you in a group of friends who perhaps take on that role. Everyone wants to kind of help that energy (laughs) come alive because everyone feeds off it. And I think that in itself to be able to learn that as, as a kid and to take that forward, I think is like critical for, for the future of surviving this crazy world that we're living in. Yeah. Just more, more laughs. And, and, and it, almost is, is is such a skill it's such a social skill to be able to you know you know if you went into an if you went into an interview and you made everyone laugh as opposed to somebody who went in with the big the, the, the best exam results or whatever obviously depending on the job but there's a chance that if you're a, have have more of a you know have more of a giggle with the interviewer there's a big chance you'll get it over the person who's got the better exam result Potentially. Yeah, I think so. And and I think also Don't take that as, uh, as Bible. <laughs> you, go, you sit down and you're like, what are you wearing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good luck, kids. Um yeah. I think what people do um sometimes perhaps get nervous of is humor can sit side by side other like opposing emotions. So I come from like the big corporate world and like have definitely had moments where I'm just like, you know, trying to break break the mood, lighten them, you know, bring a bit of humor to it because, you know, we're really not talking about anything particularly world changing here. And I think there's definitely like a lot of people who think that you can't have both things, but you can, yeah. like you can have a, a professional moment and still have humor. You can be like really sad and in like a, a moment that's that's kind of quite dark and still find humor in it like it these we don't have to put these things into binaries like the world wants us to, to do with everything totally totally and where's the fun in that we're heading to a place at the moment where hopefully the gen zers you know have a bit more of a free and less binary take on everything you know everything you know there's, there's not there's not one right way and wrong way to do things anymore yeah we hope yeah, definitely. And humour helps understand that, I think. And now I've got to ask you about, because I know that you're a PT, aren't you? And yeah. a fitness instructor. Yeah. Now I've got to ask, because I've seen some footage of you, I think, leading a spinning class, but yeah. there's like a live violinist yeah. next to you. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? What the heck is going on with that? Because I live, I live in Dorset, oh and Janice that teaches Zumba has not yes. got a violinist next to her. Um, I'm just like, like, that's blowing my mind. What? What is yeah, that? that what's that even called? What's going on with that? That was our um, our month back. Or maybe it was the week back. No, it was like a two-week period when we reopened after lockdown three. We just had where I work. There's a there's obviously a, a, the the class and the program and the exercise is uh, obviously second to none. Um, but then the, we like our studios have kind of bright lights, big music, and we try and have that kind of almost clubby feel to kind of help inspire the um, help motivate. Um, so we often have on like special special occasions and stuff we'll have like live acts in the studio with with the instructor so there's 
kind of a live drummer and a live uh, there was like a jazz jazz like spin class where it was all kind of like uh, Ibiza house with like a saxophone saxophonist playing um, and yeah I had a electric violinist coming with me it was she was so talented I couldn't believe it um, I, I did music for A level and I, I'd done I'd done it for GCSE and could definitely I could handle music GCSE fine and then I did music A level and the jump from GCSE to A-level was um, like, I was like, wow, I'm out of my depth. And I was with like six or seven people in my year who were complete virtuosos. They were like, they were like the proper musical people. Whereas I was like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I can, I'm musical. Um, and, and she was like that. She was just like, so I, so I find people who are really musically talented. I find that, find that so impressive because it's something that I sort of like, thought myself one of I thought I was and then I did a level and I was like wow this was a mistake this was <laughs> I, sh I shouldn't be here anyway she was just she just improvised all the way through playing along to like songs just like listening to the song and then just ju jumping in with her violin I was like wow you are so so fab it was it was it was a bit mad it was a bit bonkers to be fair to be fair but it was so fun wow that's that's amazing and what are your thoughts on I suppose exercise and making it more more fun like more immersive like that do, do you find that that has an impact on people's experience and, and sort of relationship to exercise I think so yeah I think um what's really um come to light recently is that uh, or, or what I hope is coming to light for more people is that not everyone is going to like the same form of movement or the same form of exercise, and mm -hmm. um, and that's totally fine. Um, and I think a lot of people, you know, want to exercise but need a bit of visual stimulation and need some and you know want to feel like they're in a club because they you know they like clubbing but they don't love exercise that much so they almost you know that that that's what helps them get through the door and you know movement and exercise is just it, you know it's not about you know, okay for some people it might be about you know looking a certain way or whatever but it's just so important to move your body and, and make it fun so if that mm. you know if having if having a kind of performance with it makes it fun for you and enjoyable then so be it there's good you know there are there are people who who don't need that or don't want the kind of flashiness and or you know enjoy enjoy their exercise you know just with bright lights by themselves or you know whatever um but I think it's important to you know we're so you know what's nice about at the you know present day is that there are so many so many ver you know ways in which you can exercise um mm. so many different styles of class so, so many different you know, people you can, um, experts you can kind of draw from. If you find it tricky to get through the door, adding play and adding a bit of flashiness to it, um, you know, other stimulus I think is great. I think as long as, as long as it's, you know, you're doing it for your movement and your enjoyment and you feel, you know, whether it was a the, the hardest session you've ever done or it was a, you know, a, a, an easy one that's, you know, you found totally doable, as long as you've enjoyed it and you feel good afterwards, that's all that that's all that matters. That's what I think. Yeah, I think that's true. I started stopped using the word exercise and just call it active play, and that yeah. sort of instantly changes what the activity is going to be. Because when I think I do do what I, what I describe as exercise, like I'll do a hit workout, which probably isn't play for me. It's mm -hmm. not like I'm not 
I'd rather do something else. Um, but that's fine. Like I can put beats on and make it as fun as I possibly can. And I, I do it because I think it's, it's good for me. But then yeah. if I want to do something that's more active play, I'll go on my roller skates or I have my hula hoop or yeah, I go which bird is... spotting on for, for a hike. So totally. Yeah. Yeah. Just as just, just moving the body in any way, you know, is, is good. So, yeah. yeah, I love that. So before we wrap up, i got to talk to you about Brittany. <laughs> um, because... <laughs> yeah. Your mate, because yeah. I know that you're on quite, yeah, you're BFF. So when terms, I first, yeah. yes, when I first started watching your content, you were doing a lot of FaceTiming with yeah. Brittany. Yeah, I hadn't yeah. actually seen that before, like someone pretending to FaceTime someone. Is that something that, that's not a viral trend, is it? That's something that you made up? Someone might have done it somewhere, but I hadn't seen them do it. So that was my idea. I love it, I love it. <laughs> hey, sexy mama, what were you doing? Ooh, a fashion show, love it. Okay, show me. Yeah. Mm. Walk back again and then back to me. Yeah, I love the um, I love like the ruffles on it, the way it moves. Yeah, it's very you. Yeah, where are you gonna wear it? To the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, hang on. What, ma'am? No, I'm just on the phone. It's Brittany. Bitch. <laughs> and what I loved about it was um, because we were talking about laughter and it being a medicine and how infectious it is. And because when you do those FaceTimes, you laugh quite a lot, and that's yeah. like what got me hooked on your content because. I would like feed off that because you have a very infectious giggle. Um, but yeah, we loved your FaceTiming Britney. You don't really FaceTime her anymore. Is it, no, is it all I... got a bit too political to be FaceTiming <laughs> well, yeah, her? They're kind of monitoring, they're kind of monitoring her phone a little bit. So it just, we can't be as like, um, yeah, uh, we can't be as frank. And to be honest, I have called her a few times. I just haven't uploaded it just for legal reason. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> How are you feeling about her freedom? Um, still, I mean, I feel there's still a lot, there's a long way to go. I feel, mm. I'm glad that we're, it is going in the um, right direction. It, it seems that the ball seems to be rolling in the right way. I feel there's a lot of money involved and there's a lot of, a lot of mm. people who will, um, who are still going to try and get in the way of it. But we're heading in the right direction, I think. And then when she's free, I would honestly story. rather her just move to Hawaii and never release music ever again if she doesn't want to. That's totally fine. That would be a nice ending. Yeah, I just want her to just want her to go and sit on a beach somewhere and be able to do what she wants. If mm. that it does mean make new music, then great. But you know, we won't we won't yeah. uh, we won't pressure. Yeah, it's a mad story. I did fall down the black hole of um, Instagram one day where I was going, I didn't know what I was on, but like, you know, where people analyze all of her Instagram posts to see if yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. hidden messages and things like that. Yeah, I went deep on that. Oh. Crazy story. But I love all those FaceTimes and thank you for FaceTiming the Disney characters because my <laughs> eight-year-old loves them. Oh, <laughs> and I'm she's glad. like, mom, can I have your phone? I want to watch, I want to watch Chris's videos. <laughs> Oh, that was so she good. Lo she loves them. Oh, good and Like bad. when you the Sleeping Beauty. Morning, babe. I've been texting you forever. Where have you been? Has it been a hundred years? <laughs> have I been asleep for a hundred years as well? Because of you. Oh my god. 
So who woke you up? Oh my God, Jamie, is he there? Oh my God, he's cute. Oh my God, sis. Okay, go shower and then call me. You've been asleep for a hundred years. Yes. <laughs> I actually find them, I think they are my funny. I think they're some of my funniest. I think they're like, <laughs> but I sort of was doing them. I was like, this is really stupid, but really funny. They just, they're, yeah, they're so silly. And like the Dory one, like we say it to each other as a family and we're like, no, yeah. Hi, how are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, you called me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Hey, pretty girl. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah. I'm good, how are you? Baby called me, <laughs> baby called me. Yeah, you called me. Chris, you, I'm good, how are you? Yeah. Yeah, why don't you go swim around and then just call me back, okay. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> we so love cool it. that, um, we love that it. like, we people, love like it. people are talking about it. Cause it, to me, like, you just put it up on a, you know, on your feed and then you just kind of, not forget about it, but you just kind of like leave it to the, you know, for the world to do what they want with it and it's just mad to just hear that you're uh, you know your family talk about it and and you you know that's just so amazing I'm so um it's it's very cool so thank you yeah very much so you're you're you're, you're part of the uh, part of the family home the over band. here I'm glad I'm <laughs> thrilled um which is why I'm so pleased that we had this conversation thank you so much for come in to chat to me um and yeah we've got into some good themes today the importance of humor and yeah that was so much fun thank you for having me you're welcome and good luck what's coming next for you um i'm putting pen to paper and seeing just seeing where um seeing where the newfound ignited imagination leads um brilliant you know seeing seeing what i can come up with let that river of imagination keep flowing um, yes. and lots of luck with it and we'll be following along thank you so much Emma. thank you bye bye thank you what an absolutely lovely man love that guy also when we start recording i totally just invited him to come and stay wow to me he's a hot celeb i love him i love him i love that he's gonna be terrified listening <laughs> to this <laughs> Indy loves him. Oh, because the princess ones that we talked about with him. It comes, it comes through the phone screen. I know he is a lovely yeah. person. Yeah, it's true. You know. Now, Ben, can you hear that in the background? It's oh, oh it's a fax. We have a fax. It's from listener of the show Emma and her son Theo. He probably didn't write the fax. Hello, Emma and Ben. Firstly, just wanted to say how much I enjoy listening to the podcast. Your passion for play inspires me so much. I've been a follower for a long time on Instagram and many of my conversations with my mum friends begin with the playful Zen said. Hashtag fangirl. That's nice, isn't it? Anyway, I've got a four-year-old. He's about to start school. He adores character play. He particularly enjoys playing with characters that he knows. Avengers, even though he's never watched it. Trolls, PJ Masks, etc. I wanted to know, how do I help facilitate this type of play without buying him the same figures of just different sizes? Or is it okay that he plays how he does and what he enjoys? He loves toys and he loves shopping for toys and he's always asking for new character toys without wanting to give in to them all. I love watching him play and he genuinely plays with all of his toys so I can't do a and justify new things 
So what I would say to this is when someone really engages with a particular character, they're actually engaging with the whole story and the narrative that that character comes from. So that character will be from a world, that character will have strengths, weaknesses, there'll be enemies and friends to that character. And that's what they are connecting with, not just that one particular character. It's the whole kind of like narrative of that universe. And I don't think more and more and more kind of versions of that character is needed at all but what you can do is tap into the storyteller personality that's what's coming out here you have this ben you connect with characters and stories through films through tv through books on such a deep level and that's a real sign of yeah the storyteller play personality so you can just take that and extend it into other types of play as well so if you're doing active play then it can be about scenes from that particular world if you're kind of doing more like risk-taking play in like nature or kind of climbing trees and stuff you can bring in elements from that world and you can just start to like do all kinds of other play with different types of stimulus and props but take the sort of the lead from that particular story that they're engaged in to, to hook them into into playing in different ways wow Ems, i tell you when you go you just go i just go that was i was just like whoa <laughs> i'm still processing the email that's because you've got so much bleach running around your head <laughs> <laughs> i'm still processing it now is emma saying that she is she's spending too much money on toys i think what she's saying is like he loves them and he plays with them so on Why the one have more on the one hand <laughs> it's sort of justifiable because he wants more and he does actually use them it's not just like mm. you know she's buying them and he's not using them on the other hand she's like you know i don't want to just keep buying all of these different sized action figures yeah the different size thing what like three and three quarters and six inch there's also giant ones now for little kids and stuff there's all oh sorts of them. It's not the 80s. We'll just cross-pollinate. What do you mean? Uh, well, mix and match. As you said, just, you know, it's yeah. one big cauldron. Mm. I think when you've got figures as well, you can take that into like sensory play and small world play. So he might be quite interested in, you know, you can bring in kind of like crafting type play. So create, like use a cardboard box to create the lair or the, mm. you know, the particular base or whatever it is. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's a fax well answered, Emma. That was one hell of a fax. Keep the faxes coming. Um, that was a great show, Ben. Well, I'm not done. Oh, right. What else you got to say? Well, I was just at the local cafe and I was playing um, Zelda Breath of the Wild on the Nintendo Switch. And I was in there for ages and I was doing... Um, there's, there's like these shrines. There's like 150 of these shrines in Zelda. And... They're like problem solving. So I was in this cafe. I was sat there and I was trying to solve this particular shrine. Now, it took me about an hour. I was like delving into parts of my brain. I was like lateral thinking my face off, Emma. And I did that shrine and I felt like proud. And I thought, how could someone that there's nothing negative about that 60 minutes that I spent doing that. And I just, I, I've still got this chip on my shoulder of, of gaming being a waste of time or, you know, that's not productive. Like, I could have not done that today and I would have not accessed those deep portions of my brain just going through my day not playing Zelda. 
Yeah, well, it's context, isn't it, though? Because if you did that six hours of the day, then... No, but I didn't. Yeah. I did one thing. I had to really, like, there's no way I'm thinking that hard on a normal day. <laughs> We've established that. No, I just thought, I was like, that's good for me. That's like exercising my brain. Yeah, but that is a particular type of game, isn't it? That's brilliant for problem solving. Like those sorts of open world games where you need clues and it's kind of like strategic. They you do... wouldn't have been able to get out of that shrine, Emma. Oh, God, no. I'd have just been wandering around trying to catch a fish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd have been fine doing that. <laughs> well, congratulations on... No, but I think I'm going to do it again. It's like, I'm going to treat that like with as much importance as I treat going for a run well yeah that's your playtime. well it's your day off today isn't it because you do full time scout duty I'm a massive dad at the moment yeah <laughs> I'm a massive I am dadding yeah hard I'm going in hard at work we're having yes. that sway aren't we we're in a yeah. kind of see that's not the patriarch matriarch whatever. no no <laughs> You're... don't worry Ben you definitely are not <laughs> the patriarchy let's just establish that <laughs> i hate those guys yeah we all do chumps we all do well now now you can wrap up oh that did sound a bit patriarchal. <laughs> <laughs> now i give you permission to wrap up your own show <laughs> well it's good that you mentioned that zelda because we forgot to ask at the beginning what we've been playing this week a lot of zelda <laughs> yeah no, I've been playing some Zelda. I've been I'm massively into trading cards at the moment. Mm. Oh my goodness, I'm breaking boxes, I'm ripping packs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've got time to go into that. Maybe we'll save that. No, we'll save that for the next show because I've got uh, my buddy Chief coming down and we're doing a like a five box break okay, on well, some Star Wars Galaxy Chrome. Let's talk about your trading cards next week. I don't know what I've been playing. Oh, I'm really into my birds. Oh, birds, yeah. That's I went good. For, I went for a walk last night to see if I could see any in the evening. I saw two red kites. And as you know, I've desperately been trying to get anything but a kit pigeon to visit our garden. And two little fluffy robins came today. And I was like, Mah! Emma, it's September. It's autumn. The robins are out. Yeah. So I need to, yeah, I need to get a few more like bird paraphernalia to, to attract them in. But I was so happy to see anything other than Percy and Patricia, which are the two big fat wood pigeons that live on our fence and crap all over our lovely new planters. Um, in Zelda, I shoot birds down with my bow and arrow and cook and eat them. Oh my God. Well, what a place to end the show. <laughs> <laughs> what a show this has been. Um, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. We would love to hear your reviews. Please email us, hellopeoplewhoplay at gmail.com. We need those faxes, guys. We love answering your faxes. If you would like to support the show, you can follow me, Playful Den, on Patreon. For £5 a month, I do a live workshop every single month, some kind of play, parenting, kids-related workshop. And this month, the session is all about raising kids in the digiverse. It's information, insights, and inspiration you're, you're, on how you're, to... You're raising them in, like, Pokemon? <laughs> How to raise kids who are, yeah, 
growing up with screens and games and all of these things, go to the cafe and play Zelda by the sounds of it. Um, so yeah, check that out on Patreon. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, playful underscore Dan. If you want to follow Chris, check out the show notes. Um, go and watch his stuff. It's really funny. And we have so many cool guests coming up. So we cannot wait for the next episode to share that with you. And yeah, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. You can follow me at Ben Flying Retro. Bye.